Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello. 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 Um, We're back. Two weeks between episodes this time, which we knew was going to happen because their Premier League is like kind of on like a little break not really on a little break but like was kind really of on understand. like a weird mini sort of situation break why they did what they did do we have any no okay no they anyway they basically the stretched over. one game week across two weeks which was good for arsenal to have like 13 days off i will are you happy about that well everybody had like two weeks off basically it was just whether it, it was, was like, like before, before or after, after. I don't know. Anyway, weird. Weird. Premier League. We're here. Trying to give players rest. What a random. Crazy. Crazy Uh, guy. Anyway. Anyways. (laughs) Basically. Yawning currently on this podcast. Bear with us. Um, Speed fire some results. Uh, Burnley Luton 1-1 was Friday. That was the first game of the game match week um chelsea beat fulham one to nothing cole palmer scored another penalty kick um Chelsea's really thriving off of penalties from him apparently so they really are um city had a bit of a a bit of a crazy little game oh, yeah. a little cra- crazy little game against newcastle um city ended up winning three to two but it was very interesting city had gone up one nothing um early and then there was about a 10 minute spell where newcastle were in complete control um a, shortly after city had gone ahead off a really nice goal from bernardo silva really cheeky finish um newcastle took control for about 10 minutes but that was all it took uh they scored twice in about five minutes i believe um alexander- minutes, one in 35 and one in 37 there you go yeah alexander Isak and anthony gordon both scored goals um but it was in really short succession and they sort of they sort of dominated for these like 10 minutes and then outside of that city just controlled the entire game um but things really turned on their head of course in the second half because of what I have dubbed the return of the king. Um, Kevin DeBrenna came off the bench approximately four minutes later. He uh, scored a goal, uh, a really classic Kevin DeBrenna goal. I don't, it's one of those things where I wonder if there's something about how it looks at field level that like changes your perspective entirely because honestly, in both these instances, I don't understand how Kevin DeBrenna was allowed as much time as he was. Um, I just don't understand how you let him have that um, when he, you know, everyone knows what he's capable of, right? Like yeah. he gets the ball. How is he allowed to carry for that long unchallenged? Like enough that he just gets close enough that he's like, yeah, I'll pass it into the back of the net. Like he didn't right. rip it. And they just kind of let him, like, yes, he finds the space really well, but also, like, I don't know. What are you doing there? Um, And then a little bit of a dramatic extra time game winner, uh, Oscar Bob, really, really good composure from the youngster on this one to really dribble around 
well, sits uh, Kieran Trippier down and then um, sort of dribbles around the Newcastle goalkeeper to to finish it off cleanly. But it's really a beautiful ball from Kevin De Bruyne. Um, much like the first one, my biggest, I mean, it's a beautiful ball from Kevin. Don't get me wrong. And he is a master of serving those balls. But he truly has so much time on the ball when he receives it right before he gets this pass off where he's basically alone and they just give him like, and not to say he doesn't pull these off when under pressure because he does. But in this case, like, like why, why is he even giving that time at all? Why is why did he have so much time on the ball in this particular instance? I don't know that if they had pressured it, he might've gotten the exact same pass off and it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Like he's very, very good at that. Sure. But they did not really pressure him like at all in yeah. in the situation. And so he like very easily could get off this beautiful little curling ball to set Oscar Bob up perfectly for the game winner. But, you know, exciting little game. We're happy to see De Bruyne back. I'm happy. I personally am happy that he is getting these sort of like little trickled in of minutes. It's been, yeah. you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, right? Like I don't, I feel like, Pep has done a good job so far, at least of like, there hasn't been a ton of pressure. Like, yes, there's been pressure on him to like do something right. Like they were losing two one when he came into the game, but he's not, but he still didn't come in until there were about 20 minutes, 25, 20 minutes left in the game. You know, like they're not putting Pep's not prone to panic to be fair, but like, they're not starting him right like well they're not pushing him to try and like get back they don't need him to be back in the yeah full tilt, it's I yeah exactly yeah. I and I think and he actually said something about it after the game he was like look I am not ready yet to play 90 minutes like I just played but I can yeah. play 20 minutes like I just played I can play right. 20 minutes so at the, the top of my game the quantity really at right and I and I really like that everybody's being kind of upfront about that in the sense that like, cause one, I think that's probably the healthiest for the player. Right. And I think we've talked a lot about player health and Kevin De Bruyne has talked a lot about players having too many minutes on their legs and things like that. So I think that's yeah. nice to see, but I also like that they're talking about it because I think it does a good job of setting fan expectations, which sure. at the end of the day, like fans run their mouth, they say what they're going to say, but I think, I think transparency with fans is good when it can be because like when it's possible, just because it makes everybody complain a little less if they know not to expect Kevin De Bruyne to be starting, right? If Kevin De Bruyne says, no, I can't do that for 90 minutes, then nobody's pissed when he's not in the starting lineup, right? We all know why he's not in the starting lineup. Um, And I just, I'm, I'm vibing with it. I'm happy. Um, Training wise, we know that most everybody is back. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Literally, it seemed like it was two games in a row. It wasn't two games in a row, but it was very close together. City had another incident where they had a player come off injured in that like null time of an offsides call where oh, the you texted me this. Yeah, yeah, Ederson. <laughs> yeah. Ederson was injured. I think he's okay. He just got like cleated really nastily. There's a picture of it floating around. It's kind of gross. I, um, I'm glad I haven't seen it, and I don't plan. But to. he came off pretty like I think within ten minutes of of the Newcastle game. Um, 
he was forced off for a similar thing. You know, John's, it happened to Johnstones a couple weeks ago. Um, but I, I think it again, like we talked about it then and and I'll just sort of briefly reiterate it now. Like sure. it's happened twice to City. It's happened to other teams before. Yeah. It will happen to other people later. I just think from a player safety perspective and also from a fan perspective, like we're losing if they're worried so much about game clock time, right? Like time of the ball in played all this time, that's dead time, right? None of that means anything because it's, and I get that there, I'm not blaming the referees because I know that their instruction is not to do anything. Yeah, they're told is to like, do that. So I know yeah. that they are told that. So I'm not like, I'm not pissed at the linesman. Like I know what their instructions yeah, are. They're following the their instruction. Yeah. But they need to find a middle ground on this rule because there are clear instances, both of these instances, where nobody needs to draw lines on VAR. It doesn't need to yeah, go to VAR. So like everybody like, knows that it's offsides. Yeah. When the play finishes, the linesman raises his flag. That's right, so what they they're told to do VAR. right now. Right. Yeah. Right. They don't even go to VAR. Everybody knows it's offsides. Yeah. There's no reason why the pl- why the game can't stop instantly. I think if we're going to say we trust our referees, our referees are trained well, which is another can of worms. But if we're going to say that, we have to be able to trust them to, if it's an obvious offsides, raise the flag. If it's not obvious, don't, don't raise, raise it. it. Even if you're like, I'm pretty sure that's offsides. Yeah, don't raise but it. But if you're not 100% sure, don't raise it. They'll check it on VAR. I have no problem with that. I agree. But- but there's, I just don't see any justification for the obvious ones to not get blown dead immediately. Yeah, everybody knows. I, agree. I, I don't um, think anyone would argue with that either. Probably. Yeah, and I think it's frustrating when it happens to you, especially when it happens to you twice in quick succession. Yeah. But I also just think, like, even if it's not injury per se, like you're still looking at players doing full-on sprints when they have offensive and defensive players when they have no need to be doing so and we're putting more minutes and more miles on these the players that already have more minutes and more miles on them I just it's unnecessary it's just goofy but nonetheless that's where we're at um moves us to Sunday uh two draws on Sunday Everton Aston Villa ended 0-0 um Spurs Man United ended zero or ended two two. Which I watched this game. I feel like I watched this game too. We texted about this game. I don't remember what we texted, but I do remember watching it. Well, I remember t- I turned it on oh, and I was said, like, Oh, if Son had been in playing this in this game, mm, Tottenham would have won. Isn't well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did say that. I did say that. Uh, this was a kind of a game of like who can be worst I feel like <laughs> like neither team looked good no but or that's unfair to say Manchester United did not look good yeah. Spurs just also didn't look good in the final third and that's why I said I think if Son had been there yeah. they'd have fucked sh- they'd have scored more goals they'd have fucked shit up a little worse yeah, anyway, I mean, point being, them. yeah, this was, uh, I, mean, I watched this game. I don't remember very much about it other than saying that. That should probably um, tell you a lot about the 
game because I don't remember yeah. either. I like remember texting you, but I don't remember. Yeah, texting you I think I texted you. I was like, are you watching this game or like this game is interesting or this game could be good or like this game could be. Inter- I don't know. I texted you something about it. And then I was like, LOL, just kidding. Hollyon just scored because he and scored like really like, early I in tur- the game. I turned it on right as you scored. And then I was like, well, yeah, watching it. Anyway, anyway. Two draws on Sunday. Um, and then we have to jump the whole week later uh, to this past Saturday for the next set of games. Um, Arsenal beat Crystal oh. Palace five to nothing. Do you have words to be said? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they listen to me, at least. They don't normally listen to me. and they listen Always to good me. when they listen. Um, I mean, look, it's Crystal Palace. Okay. I think that five nothing is five nothing. That's all I'm gonna say. No, no, no. My my point being is like this is good, uh, very good, uh, considering as we like scored like zero goals in the span of like however many. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. Well, no, but you guys, I feel like last time we talked, we were talking about you guys having a bit of a goal drought issue. Yes, because we we were talking about whether or not you needed a striker and. We were like, I don't think you need a striker. You just need your secondary players to score goals. Well, your secondary players scored goals. They did. Um, I will say we are very good at corner kicks. Really nice. Gabriel, his head and the ball really are getting along currently. We got the first goal. We love it. Um, The second goal was off Dean Henderson's head into the back of the net, which unfortunate for Crystal Palace. But what can you do? It'd be like that sometimes. Um, and then Trissard actually started this game instead of Martinelli, which I honestly don't care. I think that, like, they're both good. I think it's good to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Trissard scored. As much as I shit on Rhea, I don't know if you saw this goal. Um, mm-hmm. It was like he got the ball, and it was like the like exactly what you draw up a counterattack to be mm-hmm. immediately got it to the right player who was open i forget who it was whoops now and basically just like drove up the field and basically passed to trissard and trissard like did a move and put it in the back of the net we love it's, it like beautiful so I um and then Raya, but that is what it is um and then trissard came off and marinelli who was taken out of the starting lineup, came in and scored two basically identical goals in the span of two minutes. So not even two minutes. <laughs> like a minute. Um 90 plus four and 90 plus five. <laughs> yeah. So um I mean look, if he, the thing here's the thing, and I think that potentially as an Arsenal fan, maybe you're looking at this and you're like, okay, this is great. I think that the production of Saka is just low. We, we, we've talked about this. It's just lower yeah. than it was last year. Like, it just is. And, like, last year he was insane. I don't think that, like, that type of consistency is hard from a winger. Here's the thing, too. Age. And, like, is, like, sometimes guys have an off season. Yeah, it is okay. Um, it happens. I think that the problem is when we were in that slump, him and Martinelli were both. Right. It was just not, bad coincidence of timing with your... It was bad coincidence of timing. Um, I think... Uh, we have a couple people who may be coming back from injury at some point in the near future, which could be useful. Um, but I feel like we just kind of have to, like, slog on through it. I don't mind... Like, I think Martinelli is, like, freaking amazing. I yeah. think he should be starting. However... 
Broussard is also really good. And I, and sometimes I like Martinelli off the bench. Sometimes I like him coming in in the last 20 minutes and being like, because he normally comes off at yeah. the end of a game. I like having the option of having him come in at the end. And like, he's done it a few times this season. And I think every single time he has scored. Like, I think that like, there's something to be said about a player like Martinelli coming off of the bench onto tired outside backs. Yeah. And I, I think that like both I of think the goals you were were that sort of idea of Trissard starting and then Martinelli coming off is very and you what you like about that, I think, is a lot about a lot of what I like about the idea of for City Graylish starting and Doku coming off the bench. Yeah, I think it's um it's a similar kind of dynamic in the sense that like they are both very good. They serve different purposes in that role. Yeah. And there's something to be said that if you need to win the game, having your speedier electric player come off the bench tends to be more dangerous. Yeah. If and you think- need to close out the game, having the other player on is sometimes better. It just depends yeah. on what you need them for. I like I'm again not down on Saka, but I think it would be like it would be I it would be interesting for me to see, and I don't think we've ever done it would be to have Saka come off the bench in that situation and have Martinelli, Jesus, and Trissard play, which, like, hypothetically could happen, in, like, you know, in their position-wise. And, like, I don't know. I don't like that as much as the Martinelli idea, but, like, you could try it. I think I think Saka is just getting very um, – granted, he's still playing really well. I think he might have had a – Here's the thing about the Saka – situation is it's not that he's playing badly he's he's just not not producing in the final third and it's sort of like how do you jump start that what's the the best way to jump start that is it to just let him keep playing till it clicks again or does he sit out a game do you bench him for a game and that and some of that depends on the player like I don't know Saka I don't know the kid I don't know like how his mind works right I'm like not sure. it, yeah, different it's, people it's respond differently to that way. Like for me, I think I would benefit from being benched for the game. I think I would start to lose my, sh- like as a player, I would start to lose my shit too much if I couldn't get it done. And I'd like need a hard reset, right? <laughs> like being benched for a game sure. would give me a hard reset and then I could start fresh. I think, too But not everybody is like that. Yeah, so just has so many games in his legs too. Like he doesn't really sit, like he plays every game. And yeah. I'm like, look, it's not like, like, take this crystal, like some of these games in the Premier League, like every game we have to win. Yes, but we should have good enough team to where hypothetically he could sit for some of the game mm-hmm. and it should be okay. Yeah, You know, like it's, he's got be- enough minute on minutes on those legs. And like, right. Like we're in the champions league. Like I think that we could win our round of 16 like tie sure you know like I think that's very very feasible and I think that like I know we just were in a slump but I think it's relatively like depending on who we draw like we could win a quarterfinal matchup in the 100 percent 100 percent so like if that's where we're at that's great but like Sokka can't be playing every single fucking one of those games in my mind yeah like that's just insane for the type of position it is it's just like so hard to be well asking. it's just you have to that's where I think and we've discussed this before with Arsenal in the sort of the the 
the multiple trophy runs, so to speak, at one time experience like happens yeah where and and it's more coaching experience than playing experience because the coaches the managers have to know how and when they can rest certain players to be able to maximize output in the games that they have to win yeah and i i completely agree i think it's something that arteta is definitely still learning Mm-hmm. Um, I think and I think and everybody be- has to learn it that oh, like yeah, no, no, it, there's I, no there's no way to learn it without doing it no, and exactly. so I think and I I think that's fine I I think that it's going to be a learning experience I think it'll be really really good I think that'll make us even better next year it's just like I think also like really something that Arsenal's got a bit of luck in a sense with this year being their first back in the Champions League in a while because I don't feel like it's a super strong field yeah. from some of the historical powerhouses in the Champions League. We've discussed we discussed this a little bit yeah, earlier yeah. when we just talked about the Champions League, but people are some teams are starting to come around. Right. Like cities cities starting to rear up. In the Premier League, Liverpool has certainly been rearing up. Um, they're not in the Champions League, but um, no, they're in the Europa you know, League. but they, but they are certainly heating up, right? Right. But yeah. Bayern is still all over the place. No. Real Madrid just lost in the Copa del Rey, four to two to Atletico Madrid. <laughs> like Barcelona is, uh, God this, knows what's going on there. I don't know. Um, truly, God knows what's going on there. Um, PSG I don't even know do we think that Xavi is gonna get fired yeah like I I really think that he's going to but then I'm like who the hell do they get as their coach I don't know we shouldn't get into that we shouldn't get (laughs) sidetracked but we'll get we'll discuss that at a later date okay but point being Arsenal has gotten I or I think Arsenal has an opportunity here yeah they do in the sense that if I think it would be much harder for them in their sort of in this version of Arsenal's maiden season in the Champions League. Obviously, it's not Arsenal's, but yeah, like yeah, this yeah. version of Arsenal's maiden season in the Champions League. I think they got pretty fortunate. They have an opportunity in the year that this has happened, in the sense that I think had it happened like two years ago when Bayern was rolling and Real Madrid was tearing and City was like nobody, like, you know, like, yeah. and right, like when those teams were at like the height of their powers um, and Juve was really good, like, you know, like when you have those other sort of powerhouses that it's like, okay. Whereas I feel like it's a pretty open field in the Champions League this year for the most part. Yeah. Um, I believe the betting odds are in City's favor, um, just because probably because they won it last year. Yeah, um, but I don't understand betting odds. But Neither point being, I. like, Neither I think are. Arsenal could like would not. I would not be surprised if Arsenal made a fairly deep run. Um, it could. It could even it could with even happen. with their inexperience. It could happen. It also like they also could lose the like the thing is like they could also lose in the round of sixteen. Like they could. Sure. Because it is Arsenal. It's you know, whatever. But I think if we keep playing with the type of form that we played in this past game, I think things are looking better for us. Um, in that in that sense. So, anyway, 
Hopefully we're out of our stumps. Talk to me next week. If we lose, then I'll be... We also play Liverpool again in like two weeks. It's fucking stupid. It's that time of year. But like, why is that? We play them... We play Nottingham Forest this... We play Nottingham Forest on Tuesday. All... Next week's games are midweek, FYI. There's no... There's... Well, the FA Cup is this weekend. Oh. That's why. FA Cup games are this weekend. Literally. So there's FA Cup games this weekend, and then there's and then Premier League is back. Um, Dude, Liverpool and Chelsea play, and I'm going to be in class. Okay, City we're not Spurs even done play. with this. What? The City huh? and Spurs play tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow afternoon. Or by the time this comes out, it will probably be about to start. In but, the FA Cup? Yeah. Oh, that's why this doesn't... I'm walking at the Premier League. Let's finish with Anyways, the Premier League. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. We're really just we're three. This week. Uh, Brentford beat Nottingham Forest three to two. I know nothing about what happened in that game. Um, Sheffield West Ham was two two. Liverpool beat the shit out of Bournemouth for nothing. Um, but doesn't seem like they United, the Sheffield and West Ham game had two red cards and chaos. Yeah, but they were both right at the end. Yeah. And I no, no, believe no, I oh wait, wait I actually saw this. I actually saw this. It. I think Oliver McBurney's penalty kick goal in the 90 plus 13 is the latest ever yeah. Premier League goal, I think that somebody said. I think yeah. I saw that somewhere. I can yeah, so there were two maybe I should have watched game. that game. There's two penalties in this game and two red cards, and then Sheffield ties it up. Which honestly for Sheffield is like a well-earned point yeah that is a good it's a good point from for sheffield um yeah crazy crazy town but um liverpool seems to be like no mo salah no problem um oh, they won for is now injured so yes um salah did pick up an injury in afcon um not- we I don't know a ton about. I thought I said it, it was only gonna be. It was only gonna be like oh, a month. So here's the thing that I know is that um, he came back to Liverpool. There was this whole spat. Liverpool wanted to come back. Then Egypt was like, "No, we don't want him to come back. Go back." He's gone back to Liverpool, but if Egypt goes far enough and he's healed, he's gonna go back to Egypt. Right. That's what so I heard. I heard. Afcon. But he's currently, and they think it's going to be a month. And I don't know the schedule, right? Come, but I think that's like right at the end. So I think Egypt, right? I think go. it's kind of like if Egypt makes the final, he might be back for it. Yeah, which if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be like, "Fuck no, don't please let him don't go. make the final." Yeah, <laughs> like, like Jesus. Anyways, um, anyway, so Liverpool still seems to be doing well. Boo. Yeah, boo indeed. We're gonna leave that there. Um, and then the last game of this past game week um was Brighton Wolves, which tied 0-0. A lot of draws this game week. There were a lot of draws. Um not a ton of movement in the table in the yeah. sense. Um one, two, three solidified. is Liverpool City Arsenal. Yeah, nothing, not a whole lot of really significant movement um in the table. So we're gonna, I guess, leave the Premier League there. Chelsea uh, in front of Newcastle, which I think is new, maybe. That yeah, that might be new. The only thing I have to say, there are a bunch of games in the next couple period of time. Like City plays 
two plays Friday, Wednesday, Monday, I think, is like their schedule. Yeah, that sounds right. Um Pretty but wealthy. yeah, it is. It's Friday, Wednesday, Monday. Um Friday, Wednesday, Monday, Saturday. <laughs> um is city schedule specifically. But yeah, FA Cup uh is this weekend. We do it's the fourth round, I believe. I don't know. I'm no longer in it. So I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's the fourth. It's the fourth round. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if there's any other uh like I said, Manchester City plays Tottenham. Um which is interesting because they are playing at Tottenham. And <laughs> if you're if anybody is aware, City are really cursed at, Tottenham. Can't do anything at Tottenham. They've never another. scored a goal there. They've never scored a goal there. I just think it's um, really funny. Like honestly, like, and I hate Tottenham. It is really funny, funny because when when City won the treble last year, everybody asked Pep like what his goals were for the next season, and it was win at Spurs. Like that was his goal. So um we'll see how it goes i, I don't know a mental complex at this point You're it next- is kind of it here's the thing do i want to lose of course not no but it'd be really do i think funny. it's kind of funny that we yes. can't win there i do i do think it's kind of funny like even though i'm the one losing i the i think the, the curse is kind of it. funny yeah it's kind of funny especially that we haven't it's particularly funny not just because we can't win there but it's funny that we haven't even scored there. Like we will beat the shit out of Tottenham anywhere else, but we step foot in that in Spurs Stadium and we we can't do it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, I think it's funny. maybe we'll maybe next time we speak, um, we'll have broken the curse. I don't know. I won't be able to laugh anymore. Anyway, okay. So FA Cup is coming at us. Is yeah? Is this weekend? So no other like hugely crazy um matchups Aston Villa and Chelsea play each other and Fulham Newcastle plays each other and there was one other Premier League Brighton Sheffield um those are all the Premier League on Premier League matchups um all of the other matchups are either a Premier League team with a lower league team or two lower league teams um so which Part of me is like, I get it. It's random. Shit happens. I mean, how but I feel part of me in the fifth round or fourth round or third round. Yeah. Part of me Sorry. is also like, I think, yes, it weeds out some of the bigger teams and gives opportunities to some of the smaller clubs sometimes. But I think it would be more fun if some of the smaller clubs upset some of the Premier League teams, which does happen. It happens. But it, that's the thing. But, it does happen. I would like there to be more opportunities for that to happen. I would like, I yeah. wish, I wish Chelsea wasn't playing Aston Villa because like if Chelsea would lose to Coventry, that would be hilarious. And that's like very feasible and like, a right. Or like, or not option. even, not even like Coventry. Like if they would lose to like, I don't know who else is in it. Uh, I mean, there's lots of people in it. Like Norwich city who played in the championship. Like, I'm not saying lose to Wrexham, who is still in it, by the way. Talk about a narrative there. Right? Like, if Chelsea lost to Wrexham, that would be hilarious. That would be the funniest thing to ever happen. What one of, yeah. But, like, like for example, like, Man U is playing Newport County. 
I would love for Man U to lose to Newport County. That would be hilarious. Well, the thing is, is that type of shit happens in the FA Cup. Like, that's the whole point right. of why the competition is cool and fun, is that it always happens. Like, every year it happens. Last year it happened. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Anyways, point being, um, FA Cup is this week, and then we have some cramped game weeks um, with mid-game weeks next week so not quite sure when you will hear from us next regarding the premier league but at some point most we'll figure it out um moving on from from the premier league we are in the january transfer window not a ton of movement which there isn't usually a ton of movement but a couple of little things um Calvin Phillips has, it's not been like officially, officially, officially announced, but uh, Fabrizio Romano has given it the here we go kind of treatment. So, you know, it's happening. Um, Calvin Phillips is moving from City to West Ham. My understanding is that it is a loan deal with an option to buy. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think that's best for everybody involved. I think everybody wins on this. Um, I don't, I honestly do not know what the deal was with calvin phillips at city yeah i uh, there i could i could make a couple different guesses but i honestly don't know um yeah i honestly don't know what the deal was with that why he like never even really had a chance to see the field yeah um but i think it's best for calvin phillips i think it's best for city to get you know his salary off the books if he's not going to play like there's no reason you know what i mean um and i think he will probably will help west ham so i think it's a win for everybody um and i wish him nothing but the best um other thing in the sort of men's transfer world i don't know exactly the details of this a little situation here but um, one Mr. Jordan Henderson, um, has left Saudi Arabia for <laughs> Ajax. Um, this is very funny. Very, very because funny. Because laughing. We, I'm it's, laughing. it's hilarious. And the memes about it, the tweets about it are very funny. Um, mostly because Henderson faced a lot of criticism more than really anybody else um for his decision to go to saudi arabia in the first place mostly because henderson historically had spoken had spoken out about being um an lgbtq ally and sort of like yeah spoken in those in those sort of spaces and saudi arabia is not very great for the achievement of the queer community not Um, great at all no and so it was kind of a Henderson took some pretty heavy criticism that was very fair for his sort of like you talk a big game but you're full of shit kind of thing yeah um and so for him to turn around and only spend about six months there is hilariously ironic um and he's the first to officially say he's getting out of there but we have been hearing rumors that he is not the only one. There was some chatter around Kareem Benzema being unhappy. Um, is the only other name specifically I saw. But I can't say I'm shocked. No. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I can't say I'm shocked. I'm not um, We will either. see. Um, and we sort of see if it really actually like picks up into like a, you know, a yeah. little bit more of like everyone who went is like trying to leave. I don't know if it's going to be like that, but very clearly some of these big names that did go in the summer are very clearly unhappy. Yeah. And, are interested and we'll in. see what happens there, but we actually had a somewhat interesting conversation. Oh before we started recording this happens often um, to us we like start thinking yeah about we, we start about we, we talk about what we're going to talk about and then we end up talking about the thing that we should have saved to talk about but i don't want to get through back into the whole thing because we went on ugh, such a big tangent but know, whoops. but the m- most interestingly is if we are starting to see an exodus of the players who went to saudi arabia who do not want to be there anymore I think they're going to have a hard time leaving because the vast majority of them were late enough in their careers that they are not very, while they may have been, I mean, Henderson is not a good example of it, but there's several other players who may have been quite, quite good, quite, quite valuable in the last couple of years um, at this point in their careers are not really worth a whole ton of money and a roster spot and a big chunk of salary yeah, and all the salary of that thing is the junk. big thing yeah the salary thing is the big thing these days um everybody the clubs can afford the the transfer fees it's the salaries that um clubs run into trouble with so I, I would have a hard time I mean Henderson is apparently going to land at Ajax um which is kind of interesting to me i don't really know what's going on over there in in the the netherlands but yeah yeah nonetheless that's apparently where he's gonna end up um but you can't i don't think anybody is coming back from saudi arabia to a big team yeah well i agree i was saying that there was chatter amongst arsenal fans of like oh let's get kareem benzema i'm like why would we want Kareem Benzema like this? Like, season? I don't think that's like, a why, good idea. What does that make? Like, why? Like, it doesn't seem like it adds to the team. He's not at his prime anymore. Like, I think he would just be another. And a lot of money for not a yeah, lot. We, we the value. Be, the value is not there. And yeah, it'll be just, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure someone will scoop them up. I'm I'm sure of that, but. PSG. Yeah. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. We're moving on. Yes, you did. You did. But I agree. Especially if um, goes to Real Madrid, that would be funny. Anyways, um, we're gonna we're gonna sort of leave that there, and we're gonna leave men's football there because that's happening in the women's football world. Um, so much is happening. Some good. And so, bad. yeah, really mixed bag, mostly mostly i would say mostly good good. one very sad but mostly good um we'll start we'll should we we'll start with the sad um sam mewis uh the tower of power um did officially announce her retirement from professional soccer uh earlier this week Here's the thing about it. I don't think anybody was surprised. 
It's been, I think, almost three years since she last played. It was happening. Um, and she's had multiple surgeries, and you could feel it. You could feel it coming. For me, the biggest thing that I felt was when she did. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of this, Rachel, but when she did uh commentary with the Women's World Cup this summer with Men in Blazers, that to me was like she's not coming back. When she started doing that, that was to me like the final like thing. But she did officially announce that she's done. Um it's a real it's a real shame because well, here's the thing. She had a great career. She won a World Cup. She won several NWSL titles. She won some a trophy or two with Manchester City when she played in WSL. Like, she's had an incredibly successful career and is one of the most well-respected players in, in the world. All, you know, all the other players. She was voted the best player. This is before the Women's Ball Door existed. But she was... Um, had it existed that year, she would have won it. Yeah. Um, she was undoubtedly, in my opinion, the most pivotal player in the 2019 Women's World Cup yep. win from yep. the U.S. Women's National Team. I have nothing but incredible things to say about Sam U.S. I'm very sad that she's been forced to retire before anyone would like her to. She is, I think she's 31. Um She's the yeah. younger sister of Christy. She's Christy is older. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's devastatingly, devastatingly sad. The bright side of it is um, she is spearheading the new branch of the Men and Blazers media group of women's football. So she is in charge of the whole branch. She's um doing a weekly pod, I believe it's a weekly podcast. Um for the women's game um they have a twitter and an instagram and stuff like that i think i I started following it already but she's brilliant uh i thought she was really great in her world cup coverage with men and blazers this summer so i'm really delighted for her to have this platform and move forward in sort of promoting the women's game and that she's able to stay involved in the sport in this way yeah um because i think that's awesome and I love her and I'm glad she's not going anywhere and I'll be delighted to listen to her speak about the game for the rest of forever um but it is very sad anytime players forced to retire early it's very sad but I think it's it's one of those things where when it's so drawn out like this where it's like she almost came back a couple of times you sort of you never sort of stop hoping that she's going to come back until there's an official retirement announcement yeah. um and now that there is there's a sort of sense of closure for i'm sure her but I'm sure. for, for oh, i'm yeah. sure she, it's a very lovely feeling of closure for her and she talked a lot about um her decision to do so and how a lot of it stemmed from she loves playing and she wants to play and she would love to play but at some point she had to face the reality of she could push herself to come back and play another season, another two seasons, whatever. But that if she did that, she would essentially ruin her body for the rest of her life. And that she would then not be able to live an active, healthy adult life after her career if she didn't stop it now. And that she was at a point in her life where she decided that she valued being able to be 
active and walk her dogs and do whatever and, you know, live her best life outside of the sport, that that was more important to her than playing professional professionally again. And I think, I think that's kind of beautiful. I think that's kind of devastating that she had to make that choice. I agree. Um, And yeah, like it's, it's devastating that she had to make that choice, but I think it's kind of beautiful that she was able to do that and that she's still able to stay involved in, in what she can. And, and I think, you know, we talked a lot when Julie Ertz retired, um, when she had her baby as well, but when she retired about how it's really difficult yeah. to replace a player like that. Um, and I yeah. think Sam Mewis, just as much, if not more so, it's really difficult to, on the field, replace, you know, what she's capable of. I think she goes down as an all-time great. I yeah. It's, it's sad to watch the career end early, but um yeah it's, it's it is what it is sad how yeah how it ended up I think um I think there were more years that could have been really good years that yeah are lost which is very sad and just like I think also proves how like difficult and hard these sports are on your body and yeah they shouldn't be always like they shouldn't be expected to just be like you get injured, okay, fine. You're gonna go through the process. You're gonna get better, and you're gonna play again. Yeah, like obviously, I think it's a it's a startling sort of reminder of the humanity of these players and sort yeah. of the realities of what they are putting their body through. Mm-hmm. Um, that we often sort of talk about vaguely, but don't really sort of dive into and I think it's just a reminder of that um but anyway I'm really excited to see what she does next I think it's great that she's sort of able to you know create a a a new sort of platform um for the women's game sort of alongside a platform which has been very very successful for the men's game and and I think also like a very fun platform like I think one of the best things about men and blazers has always been that it was fun like yeah yeah, um, I agree uh and so I think you know I'm excited to see what Sam U.S. does um with it um pivoting slightly to a somewhat similar situation who honestly I thought would have come I would have expected a retirement announcement out of earlier I really thought it was I thought so I thought um, One Miss CP23, uh, Kristen Press, um, was, has been at preseason events, um, for Angel City. Um, she did tweet yesterday or maybe earlier today that she's not in full training yet, but it does look like she's on her way back. That is another player. So there are basically, for those of you who don't know, there were basically three major players from that 2019 World Cup squad who've been in and out um, for really the past three years who haven't really seen the field. Um, Sam Mewis, Kristen Press, um, and Tobin Heath. Um, And I am going to be honest, Tobin and Kristen um, have been running their sort of podcast and company um, 
pretty, you know, well and publicly and all that job jazz. I basically considered them retired. I thought I I had basically been like it made sense. I had really kind of come to I'm gonna be honest, I'd come to terms with never seeing either of them play more than I did Sam Mewis. And that may be because they're a couple years older. Well, that's um, what Kristen, I think it was for me. Like, yeah, Kristen Press is from, like, a slightly I don't, different. Like, I think it's Sam Mewis as being in line with who? Like, well, she's one World Cup later, basically. Right, but it's um, like a whole cycle. So I think of her as like her and like Rose. She's Lavelle, four years. Same, she's four years like, younger. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Press is thirty-five. I'm pretty sure Sam Mewis is thirty-one. Anyway, yeah. Point being, on a on a lighter note than Sam Mewis's, it does look like Kristen Press has come come back. Tobin Heath, nobody knows. Um, but but it does look like we may very well see Kristen Press play again this year, which is very exciting. I would love for her to be able to play one last season and then retire when the season, the NWSL season is over. I don't think we're gonna see her again. Um, you know, for any long stretch of time. I think she's quite frankly just too old. Um But it would be lovely to be able to actually watch her play again and then her to finish being like, I played one more season. I'm happy. I'm delighted. I'm done. Yeah. Like for her to not have to go out on an injury um, and like retire because of an injury, I think would be lovely. So I hope that we do get to see her. I think that would be really nice, but we don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. but speaking of returns, or speaking of Muses, um, Christy Mewis, who moved uh from the NWSL to the WSL, did make her WSL debut yeah. in the past week. Um, lots of memes sprouted from the fact that there's a really nice video going around of Christy fighting the wind while trying to take a corner kick uh welcome to, welcome to the wsl christy um so she did have an they lost was they lost but she did have an assist have on her assist. debut she came off the bench she did have an assist so um good for christy welcome to the wsl we're excited to see more um sammy k was there to support her fiance where she was um we love we love love love. the royal family of soccer um uh uh, speaking of the wsl and of returns uh leah williamson the people's princess i was saying um, earlier that i think almost all of my acls are back yeah, Arsenal's ACLs are. ACLs. I mean, it was wild that Mead, Midima, and then Williamson all like kind of went out at the same time. Boom, but um, but not now, only is she back, she she had an assist. She assisted Beth Mead. What a queen! Um, what a queen! So the queen, return of the queen. Um, of the queen. England's queen is back. Fuck yeah. you, Camilla. The only queen I recognize is Leah Williamson. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyways um she's back which is always delightful um we like to see players return from their injuries we love to see that. um and play well so good news also just generally good news for arsenal that all of their t- their almost all of their players are back and running yeah. and Woo-woo. excuse me we'll see how um all of that goes 
but there were women's champions league games this week uh chelsea knocked out i don't know if they knocked out they beat real I think I don't know. But we were talking about how Chelsea with no Sam Kerr and Emma Hayes with one foot out the door, it would be interesting to see how they do in the Champions League. Um, I think they're probably better than Real Madrid. I don't think that that's it's a surprise. They are won, better than Real Madrid. But I think that... Everyone think must remember bit, bit if you are not... Man. Yeah, you. everyone, you all must remember that if you are not a women's follower, that Real Madrid is of the women's is not... Not, is not the same of the level barcelona they we just had now classico for the women's yeah. team barcelona beats the living daylights out of them every time they play they embarrass them they play they do rondos on the field i'm not exaggerating there's a very infamous clip of them literally doing a rondo on the sideline it's like it's yeah. very funny <laughs> anyway yes you're you're correct there is one more game of of the group stage but yeah, we are down to the final game of the group stage. Let's take yeah. a look at standings while we're talking about it. Um, group A has because Arsenal's not in it, and I know that's yeah. out of me, but that's just how I. That's Group A has already been decided. Barcelona kicked everyone's ass. Um, expected. I mean, do we think anyone's going to challenge Barcelona? Like in reality, do we think anyone's really going to be able to? Like Lyon, maybe, but. Who do we know? Who do we think? Like Chelsea, like before Sam Kerr got injured, I would have said Chelsea could have a shot. But it's kind of funny. Like some like classic people you normally see, let's say like Wolfsburg isn't in this. Like Arsenal's not in it. They're team. They did, by the way, not Real. They did. Real Madrid is at the bottom of their group. They are okay. It's not okay. So it is. It's fine. Okay, but they do have another game. They do have another. There's one more match day game, oh, okay. but it's actually a dud for everybody. Oh. All okay. the groups are already decided. Oh, they are. Okay, never mind then. Um, but you know, like I feel like, like who is going to dethrone? Yeah, it's, it. It just listen, doesn't feel like it's gonna happen. Lyon or P- or Paris Saint Germain, uh, PSG could find it in them, but the early sort of rounds knocked out some big boys this year Wolfsburg and Arsenal um most notably and Bayern is not making it through no um I think that I I don't Paris FC who knocked everybody out well they're not they didn't make it through well they can't actually this is the only group that technically can oh they They could could make it through right I Um, can't be doing math here I'm also lying to everybody it's just groups A and B are already still... decided. Byron can yeah. technically, yeah, Byron can technically. Dude, even technically, I'm just I don't know who's playing. I'm who, just but lying Roma to technically could make it. I don't know who they play, but yeah, no, it's just Real Madrid. Real Madrid is officially it's they just cannot out. make it. Yeah, um, it's... I'm just li- I've just been lying to everybody left and right. Don't yeah, worry you about just it. like weren't doing <laughs> math correctly, but I, don't I just wasn't we're... reading the right column. Um, that's what I was don't happening. think that we're wrong in thinking about this, and I think that it is it is a letdown for Chelsea. I just I don't know if they can do it without Sam Kerr. I don't I don't know. I like I think me being like putting so here's much my take on it, Sam Kerr, but. I think I it depends know. on when they meet Barcelona. Sure. I think if they meet Barcelona anywhere other than the final, no shot, they beat them over two legs. Yeah. If they, they if they get to one. the final, they could beat them in one. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I think the only chance, I don't think anybody beats Barcelona before the final. 
No, I don't see that happening. Whoever they play in the final could beat them. Which I don't think is going to happen. But if you look at, like, Barcelona is so fucking good. No, like, even, the, Alexia isn't even playing. But the yeah. way that, like, Carolyn Graham Hansen is playing right now. No. Talk about somebody who is so fucking underrated. Put oh, some respect on her name. They need to put some respect on her name. Please. The way that the, the football world is slandering Graham Hansen. I'm taking it personally now. I'm going to start taking it personally. It's ridiculous. It personally. She so is this, one of the this, best players in the world. Top podcast, five best players in the world. This podcast will take it personally. I think that we can just say that, that our podcast. We're so I'm going to take it personally. But I mean, Graham Hansen, Kira Walsh, Aitana Bomati alone. I mean, just, just Aitana Bomati. How, I know we were saying, I know we say that the women's game is overall becoming more competitive. Like I, I do think it is like on a standard becoming more competitive across all teams and across leagues but like no one's really competing with barcelona right now like they are the, the only hope everybody had barcelona at barcelona right now is because they have some they do have some key players injured yeah uh alexia puteas obviously is, is yeah. injured very unclear what her status is like when she could be I'm back not sure what it is either. um it's a meniscus i know it's like that's know, what she's having trouble which with is a finicky ass thing it's a finicky ass thing she could be back in two weeks i, f- I have no idea could be um, two months we don't know yeah it could be six months i don't i genuinely have no idea no idea um mopping leon is out for the season i think i think so um i don't know for sure it's possible that Come June, she could be playing again. She didn't do her ACL, so she didn't do her ACL. But I, she did something. I forget what she did. Injury, it was but yeah, she's she's out for a while. But she's been out for a little bit already. I she could be back for Champions League final. I don't know. Yeah, Um, but anyway, she's been out. There's a couple. They have a couple other players injured as well, mostly defenders. Um, Yeah. So it's not their defensive players. Their defensive play, they do, they are a little weak on the back line right now, but they don't, their midfield and attack is so good that most of the time that threat is mitigated. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The other team just doesn't have the ball long enough for it to matter. Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Everyone should pay attention because it's fun. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff in the women's champions league. Um, my favorite story of the last two weeks, though, um, is our final little note. Um, the the sort of women's Conti Cup um, was playing this week. Um, shout out to my girls, Man City girls, um, beat the shit out of Man United. I love it. Um, you know, good stuff there. Um, I love that. All the results are not what's interesting about no the team. results are what's interesting what's interesting is what's Aston interesting villa as a team as so aston villa beat sunderland seven nothing yes wow that, that and you're like oh okay so what i'll tell you so what so we'll tell you why there's, a, there's an aston villa player who is a recent addition to the aston villa team she was just transferred from Me. Rachel's arsenal. <laughs> just from um, from Rachel. Rachel uh, <laughs> gave her to Aston Villa. Anyway, she just came <laughs> over from Arsenal. Um, and she came. She she made her Conte Cup debut for Aston Villa. And you might be thinking, 
Where are you going with this, Katya? I don't understand. Why is this notable? You haven't even named who the player is. It's irrelevant who the player is. I can tell you, but it's it's not really part of the story. Um, she was cap-tied to Arsenal. She'd played three games Already. in the competition for Arsenal already this year. It is expressly forbidden in the rules of that you can read the rules. I've read it like six times trying to figure out what other stuff meant, but the rule itself is really clear. Um, you are only allowed to play for one team in the competition. So she came off the bench as an ineligible player. Um, Rachel and I have tried and could not figure out why as an ineligible player, she was even dressed for the game. Why was she on um, the bench? Where why was she even available as a substitution? I couldn't tell you. I'm not really sure what went on there other than a, a bunch of people were being silly goofy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she <laughs> played. So we we don't know what the consequences of this will be, but they did field an ineligible player. That's not really up for debate. No, um, it's not up for debate. Because, it's very clear. Yeah, it's there's there's nothing up for debate about whether or not they field an ineligible player. What is up for debate is what the consequence will be. Because um, apparently there was another team that did it a year or two ago and they were disqualified from the competition. But it is not a strict, while it, it, the rule is very straightforward, what the punishment is, is not like written into the rule. Yeah. Essentially what happens is it goes to an independent like tribunal auditor commit tribunal idiot. yeah that's yeah. what i was looking for an independent independent um tribunal and they decide and so one of the possibilities other than you know kicking them out of the tournament is that they essentially call it a forfeit and um they give sunderland the points this if is that were to happen <laughs> a whole bunch of other things happen most funny for me is that uh, Manchester United are likely eliminated from the competition should that happen. So that's hilarious. And I think there's some, it's like Spurs are affected as well. Like there's a couple other teams that are like impacted by if that were to be the result. Yeah. I don't know what the impacts are if they just kick them out of the tournament i think I it ends up okay because they're high enough in the thing that like people just get to move up rather than move down but yeah. if they're just awarded the points are just awarded to sunderland then that makes things very crazy mm-hmm. um all this and they were winning seven nothing they just didn't, didn't have to put me like why did this happen how did this happen to me? This is like such an embarrassing like gaffe. Like I don't understand how and like part of me is like to her too. I'm like don't you know you're not allowed to play? Like right? Shouldn't she know? I don't know. The whole thing is she know? Like listen. Oh, I don't understand. The club from the club to the managers to everybody down to the player everybody how did nobody realize she wasn't allowed to play i know like they named a game day squad they named the starters and substitutes and then they pulled her off the bench yeah like there's like so many levels to this there's so many places where it could have been caught and you're like how did nobody catch this anywhere along the line I don't know. It makes no sense to me. 
Like I am flabbergasted. It's hilarious, honestly. It's yeah. comical. It's so incompetent. It's comical. Um. Anyways. Anyways. On the so incompetent, it's comical. Uh, note: We will leave you. Um, any last words? No. If anyone can figure out how that happened, we would like to know. So inform. Yeah. Us do let us can. know how it, uh-huh. that many people could be that stupid. Anyway. Um. But yeah, I think um we might record next week. It also might be another two weeks, but we shall see what our schedules are like. So yeah, that's all I have. Anything else? Nope. All righty then. Bye.